Sometimes we would do a little bit of the dangerous things. Like one day Doc was climbing up the Nando sign like a coconut tree. (laughs) 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 Dude, this thing's 20 meters high. (laughs) She's 20 meters tall, Paul. Dude, I'm fucking (laughs) lit. Three, two, one. All right, boys and girls, welcome to episode 24. Today, we are talking about why you should crush your nine to five. Yeah, we're, we're massive proponents of if you actually want to be great in life, we need to work hard at our jobs. That will give us the opportunity to turn out to be like an actual specimen. So this relates with last week's podcast about moving out of home. It helps you grow and mature. So to set the stage with this podcast, let's just react to this new TikTok video that we just made. It's our very first TikTok video. It's about Jordan Peterson. Let's go, boys. Very first TikTok video. Come on, boys. Shameless plug. (laughs) Shameless plug. Let's watch this TikTok video. It's really well made. Let's uh, check it out. You should push yourself beyond your limits of tolerance in your 20s to find out where it is. How much can you work? How disciplined can you become? Like, can you work 12 hours a day? Can you work eight hours a day? Can you work three hours a day? Like flat out, where's your limit? And how much, how much work can you do and how much socialization? You should find out, push yourself past and then back off to, to that point where it's optimally sustainable. It's good to think about that as a goal. It's like you're trying to discover what your limitations are when you're, when you're in your 20s so that you can hit that edge so that you can sustain yourself across the decades. And so, yeah, you don't want to have too much fun, right? Too much fun takes you out. It's not fun being the 40-year-old at the singles bar, precisely. So you want to make sure that what you're doing is age appropriate and you want to push yourself in every direction that you can, but you should be doing that with an aim in mind. It's like you're trying to make yourself into a better and more competent person. And so some discipline along with the fun is a good idea. Let's go. Let's go, Jordy Pete. JP. JP. The big takeaway for me is um, it, it really seems like he's talking about when you're young in your 20s and all of that and you're just starting to get a job, you really need to push yourself to find your limitations to actually learn about who you are. What are you actually capable of? Like, where are, like, where, where can you hold your standard at? And if, you're, if you really want to be great in life and you really want to push yourself, well, you've got to start young so then you can have that compounding effect of building that character from your job. And then all the great opportunities, you know, we can, especially in like in our field of like personal development, everybody's talking about, oh, just reading this book and now an expert. Like the best thing about having a job is you can actually get whatever you've learned from those books and actually apply it straight away. And if you want to be successful at anything in life, it's always built with teams, like working with other people. So that's why it's so important to take your job seriously. Like how often do we find, you know, and we were in that, those shoes when we were young, you know, we would always think like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to work hard at the job. I'm like, why is the job always, you know, and you always complain about this is not on my job description. Why is the boss pushing me so hard and all of that? And if you're thinking that's hard and you think you want to be great at life, those things, they don't align at all. That's the thing, like with, with um, what he's saying, he's like, find out how hard you can push yourself. Find Just, out. You don't know. You like, you really- Most people go into their job and they're like, oh. I, I already know where my standards are. I can't do this. I can't do that. <laughs> Johnny Boy said the best in his podcast. He said people never reach to find their limitations. Yeah. So they yeah. always, you know, they put those rules or those limits on themselves. Yeah. So they never know what they're truly capable of. Yeah. 
I remember we had the story before, like someone at Nando's, we won't mention the name, but they said that they reckon they're going to be the next Steve Jobs. But everything they complained about, oh, it's too was hard it a, to do this. Was that Augustus? Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, he complained about absolutely everything, you know. Mm. But like, we got to have the right perspective on life that, man, if we're entering into a job in the age of 20s, it's going to be a low-level job. It's not like you're a high executive at Google, you know, running like, you know, some crazy new small startup within Google. You know, that's that's the crazy shit. That takes a lot of skill, a lot of character, a lot of knowledge. So to think that your job is hard, you're already setting yourself on like the back foot. With just a little bit of respect. Mate, you've got no skills. <laughs> you've got nothing when you're yeah. young. You are literally useless other than you cost nothing. So use it as like leverage to be able to learn. And what we loved about like Nando's was it gave us the opportunity to be able to test out many different roles within a business. You know, you start off as the dishwasher, right? And I remember, remember the first shifts that we had as dishwashers. Three hours felt like an eternity. You'd be watching the clock. Then eventually you start to learn how to actually love the job. Dishwasher actually became like a fun job. It's like you're at a war against the dishes. They're coming in another wave. It's like Lord of the Rings. You give a little <laughs> scrub and a clean and then that, that wave's done. You know? Yeah. Um and then you know, you start going onto the back kitchen, you're cooking and all of that, and then you can talk, you can be front facing with customers, learn all of those people skills, working within the team, and then you have the ability to become a manager and all of that stuff. So that's why it's so important to work hard at your job. Because you get more opportunities. As you get more opportunities, you get more skills. With those skills, they directly translate to whatever you're going to do, you know, past that initial job. There's always that period as well where you're looking back at the dishes after you become some sort of team leader and you're going, fuck, I might just go sneak in the dishes and just relax around here. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, once you have the perspective of, I guess, how much harder other things are, you're like, oh, that's, that's really easy. Yeah. Everyone could have that perspective whilst they're doing that thing. And everything would be easy, wouldn't it? And for a lot of us here, we have like younger siblings that we really want to help. And, you know, like with my younger sister, I'm telling her it's really good to get a job like that where it sucks, you know, at a, like a fast food place. Because right now she's working with my mom in a nice, easy gym, getting paid really well by mom. But she just has this thing where it's like your mom's saying to do this, this and that. And she's getting paid $30 an hour, but she feels like, it's too much. But I'm like, man, you don't know how easy you've got it. You don't have the right mm. perspective. If, if She's you saying were, it's, it's the, the job's too hard or? Yeah, she thinks the job's too hard. Like right. whenever mum says like, oh, do this extra thing. Yeah. Right. It's actually like a tiny little bit extra. And she just thinks, man, like how come? At day one, we weren't doing that. But like, I feel like saying, trust me, she, res my sister respects my word. Um, tell her, I told her, trust me, if you're working for me, at Nando's, the workload will be 10x whatever mum's doing, minimum 10x, you know? And then, like, once you go through that and you're just providing so much value at that workplace, you start to get addicted to it. Man, how good of a human can I be, mm. you know? Then everybody starts to love to work with you and then you start to become, like, a nice a figure that people want to be around. I think on a time frame basis as well, it's like when you first start working, you're always working those three-hour shifts, four-hour shifts. When you start, I guess, excelling and doing well, you start working those, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 hour shifts. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, this is actually what real work takes. This is what real work is. And then you look back at those three, four hours, you go, how the hell was that even hard? 
I remember when I first started, my feet used to hurt after three hours. Right. And I used to play yeah. sport and shit like that. So I wasn't unfit. Like I was a fit guy, but my feet used to hurt. And then, you know, as you move up, you work 16 hours and you're like, I don't even need to sleep. I don't need nothing. <laughs> yeah. If you can look, if you can look at your first job as like I don't know, a game or something rather than like something you have to do. Yeah. How can you it makes it so much more fun? Also, because you're, you're trying to, yeah, the, I think the most most important thing is that you're trying to find out how much you can push yourself. Yeah. yeah. You're absolutely. trying to find out. That's the key word. Just because, yeah. And, and you know, like in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the rich, uh, the father was like, hey, you can work for me, but I'm not going to pay you anything. So you get trained. If you want to do something in life, eventually you're going to have to work for free, you know? And you're going to have to build it. And then eventually, if you put in that hard work, something down the line will come. Yeah. Because otherwise, you get addicted to that. I'm worth $30 for this amount of work, which is like 10% of a normal job. And then if she wants to go to a different place, she's, she's probably going to quit now because she's like, oh, but working with mums was easier and I got more money, which is not the point. Mm. That's why I was like very bullish on Nando's for all of us when we were getting paid minimum wage, especially under 18 when... The rate's like, I don't, can't remember what it was, like 12 bucks or whatever, right? That's great because it's not about the money. It's about the character that we build that we can then compound and use for the rest of our lives. It's all of that knowledge. I wish I, I looked at myself, when I was working in Nando's, I wish I looked at it more as a game mm. because um, even with the cooking and doing customer service as well, I was, rather than actually like working on the skills, like so that's something I'm, I need to physically work on. And that's something I could easily work on. But rather than doing that, I would just go home and complain about it and being like, oh, fuck, this is shit. I hope <laughs> work. Yeah. But it's something that I could work on. That's a life skill yeah. that I can develop. Have it forever, man. Yeah. It's like you're being paid to learn. Yeah. Right? You are. Essentially. And especially when you get to the manager role and you can run the business, you get to manage a business without risk in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's so hard. And then, People don't realize we need to build ourselves up, our character up, our work ethic up, see where it is, and then taper off a little bit if we want to be great, like Jordan Peterson says, so we can sustain that throughout the years. But the reason why that's so important is because most people, if they want to be great, they have this idea in their head that they want to start their own business or company, but they don't understand the spectrum, which is on the left side, you got a job. It's really easy. Next, you have like investing, where you're just investing in a stock and you're kind of passive. You're not really doing any work. Then you probably have like a franchise, where it's like a turnkey model. All you need to do is get trained by McDonald's or Nando's or whatever for three months. All the hard work's done because all the hard work is done in the startup stage. Then if you think you're going to start your own company, you're (laughs) literally going to the hardest end of the spectrum, which is going to take so much work, so much character, all of these different skills that you're going to learn at your job. And if you haven't mastered them yet, the odds of failure are so much higher. And that's what people do most of the time, isn't it? Mm. They go from jobs straight to starting their own thing when they haven't yeah. actually built up any of that character. Yeah. Like you're actually doomed to fail. <laughs> <laughs> like you are doomed from the yeah. beginning. You're scared. Like, like yeah. if you're not a specimen at your job yet and you're like outstanding, yeah. it's going to be hard to like have your own business. As, uh, especially like at a at a startup where it's so lean, mm. right? You're going to have to put on so many different hats. Yeah. If you're not used to like doing, taking on more responsibilities at your job, 
and getting comfortable with putting in on different hats at your job, even though it's not your job requirement, then how are you going to do well in your startup? Yeah. It's going to be tough for you. And Imagine there's going to be so many dips along the way on your startup. Imagine starting your own business and like you got to speak to clients then you got to do social media and stuff like that. And you're like, nah, that's not my yeah. role. I'm not doing social media. That's not my job. Yeah. Like, who else is going to do it? I'm not getting paid for that. Yeah, I'm not getting paid for that. You're the CEO. Dude, in a startup, you're not getting paid at all. <laughs> no one else works for your status. It means you don't have social media if you don't put it on your hat. Yeah. I think another good thing that Jordan Peterson was talking about in the video was in your 20s, find your edge in your mm. 20s, right? And I think that's really important because in your 20s, you have fewer responsibilities. So you can go all out. You can you can focus purely on how good you are, how, how good you can be. It's like you're finding your potential yeah. of what you're capable of. And I think that's so important, which will set you up for the rest of your life. I think as well, like that relates to when you know where your potential is, then later in life when something comes and hits you in the face, like say COVID does or whatever, and now you're facing all this extreme shit. Now you're like, oh, I can just switch on that thing again. If I switch that thing on and push through it, I can make it through. But if you don't know where you're at or where you've been in the past and you're like, oh, I might have to switch it on now and work harder than I've ever worked in my life, you have that doubt and then you start to get anxious and anxiety. And when you have that anxiety, you just can't think clearly and then you can't execute and it's just a tough position to be in. But when you've worked really hard in the past, you know, like, all right, I'm just going to switch it on for three months, get myself back on track. Let's go, boys. Mm. It's like a light. Mm. That's, the, I guess, one of the major things we've all taken from that early years of the grind, right? I was like, now we actually understand where we can push ourselves to if we need to, yeah. if we get ourselves into a little hole. Ah, well, we got the let alone the knowledge we have, we have the ability, just pure work ethic to push ourselves out of this, like just the grunt work. It really, it is possible. I think as well, like the big takeaway from this podcast is just like you're saying, G, if you went back to Nando's day one, how would you do it differently? Mm. Because that comes from wisdom. 20-year-olds, most 20-year-olds, they can't see it, man. Like... I remember like telling everybody, I'm just selling it to them every single day. You don't know the opportunities we have in front of us here is the best place in the world. I still stand by that today. I really, I, that's why I feel like how lucky and fortunate we are to work there because it's just the amount that you can do. It's, it's just unbelievable. So what would you like? What would, what would you think about, you know, looking back on your past? What was, where was your mindset at? My mindset was, it was very all over the place. And as a, as a, uh, in, I was in my middle, like teenage years. Yeah. So You're super I was, young. I was super young. I was super stupid. And, um, I think I was just, I don't know. I was very, I was like given a lot of things when I was growing up. So to be able to, to be given all that work and all that pressure, it kind of like just, yeah. just can't be fucked. But yeah, looking back, like I said, it's it's a skill that I should have developed. Like I could have easily gone home and done tons of research. Yeah. How to how to become better at sales, or how to um, or, or even watch you boys like cook. How to how to cook faster. Yeah. Is is skills that I should have developed. Yeah, I feel like even with most things, people are lacking the mindset 
So I remember my mindset was always, all right, I'm at school. Schools, I hate school. It's so annoying. I feel like I just need to relax. Now I have to go to a job as well. You know, even at, like at the uni stage, um, like I just want to relax. I don't want to work. And then at job, you, like you just don't take your job seriously. And then it becomes harder. You know, you get more pressure from your boss. People aren't happy with you and all that stuff. Then if you just think in a positive way with extreme ownership, like, wait, if I just work really hard at this, everything actually becomes easier and it actually becomes more fun because now you're yeah. addicted to it. Yeah. You want to progress. It's like that um, uh, Jeff Bezos speech where he's talking about he doesn't like do every job at Amazon, but he works every single day to make, to make it more fun for himself. Yeah to eventually build up to like 99% yeah. fun. There'll still be like 1% that he just doesn't enjoy. Yeah, the work-life harmony. Yeah. yeah. I think when you first start this kind of journey of working harder at work, um, your immediate environment plays a really big role because the people at home, they're used to complaining about their jobs Yeah. or your friends or their your friend's parents, people at school. You're always hearing people complain about it, so it becomes a norm. So when you yourself start complaining about your job, you know, the other people indulge that and they're like, yeah, you're right. You're this, you're that. But that's why it's so important to have, I guess, good people around you to kind of keep you honest. Be like, no, well, you're not right. You're just complaining for the sake of complaining. Here's this and that, et cetera. And if you're having people indulge your concerns about work, more often than not, they're going to be wrong. Like they're just being that weak friend or weak person who's just like, yeah, it's all right. You didn't do anything wrong. You're not being lazy. You're working your hardest, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, man, it's fucking bullshit, mate. Yes, man. <laughs> I was just thinking whilst you were telling that story, I remember the first time um, you, I, that it actually finally got through to me in my head that, you know, we were getting paid to learn. I remember complaining about fucking work being that annoyance, which I apologize for now, <laughs> but I remember sitting in my car after a, it was a rough day, like by all accounts I can remember, probably wasn't, but by, in my memory, it seemed like a rough day. And I was explaining it to you and complaining, like the pay is not worth being here, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I remember sitting in my car and on the phone to Dylan, he was going, mate, you're getting paid to deal with these challenges on a regular basis. You're being paid to build that character. You're being paid to learn all these different things. And as a, I had a car, so I would have been 18. As an 18-year-old to hear that, it's like, father, that's a different perspective that I guess a majority of people wouldn't get unless they listen to things like this or have a person in their life like that. So by all accounts, like, you're lucky to hear this. I was lucky back then to be able to fucking hear it. So, you know, well, something that happened to me as well, like was similar was because when I got the job as the manager, I was very hungry to turn it around and we had, you know, certain metrics we needed to hit in terms of like labor costs, wastage, um, how much money we're bringing into the store and all this stuff where everybody, every other manager thought how much money you bring into the store is just based on luck. You know, it's how many people drive by and decide to stop, you know, but there's things that you could do to increase the sales and all of this stuff. And I was so motivated. I wanted to beat everybody on every single metric, which was possible, right? And the sales was always like $20,000, we found a way to get it up to consistently $30,000. The bottom line, you know, it was up 50% for the boss. And I, I put a lot of that stress on me because I worked way harder. I would try to work 
put myself as like in the back kitchen when we normally have three people working in the back kitchen. I'll just be by myself. So we'll just save money there and all this stuff. And then I smashed everybody for the longest period of time. I started to get noticed from the bosses and the area managers. There was two area managers above me. And then in one of the reviews, because we have quarterly reviews with the area managers, after a while, they're like, Dylan, you're really good, but we've been watching you, right? You smash everybody on every metrics, and we're so proud of you for doing that. But this is hard for you, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, it is very hard. It's very difficult. And they practically said to me, bro, you actually suck. You should be able to hit those metrics and it be easy for you if you truly want to go to the next level. And I'm like, that hit my ego so fucking hard. And I'm like, damn, you're actually right. So I need to start fucking working smarter too. I thought I was smart. I thought I was working hard, which I was very hard. And I was really had my ego wrapped up in working hard. So now when they said that, I'm like, oh shit. And every ounce of my body, you know, when you got that little ego, he wants to make excuses and all that shit. You got to find a way to control that little fella because that guy ain't you. And I'm like, you know, and I'm proud of myself for having the ability to be able to do these things. Just, ah, you got me, you know, <laughs> you just got to do it. You know, that's what you need to do. And then you start one, thinking yeah. about that and you start switching it up. And um, yeah, that, that one thing was I'm very grateful for that. Start delegating, start teaching. Yeah. The truth is very bitter. Mm. So it's good that they actually said the truth. Oh, right? Yeah. So Whenever that was. Change into a specie. Whenever that was, I can't specifically remember, but I remember like that's going to be the difference between you and manager at that point, just grinding the results out on your own back to you becoming like a leader. Yeah. And actually start teaching people around and. Wow. I'm I'm sure there's a correlation with you starting teaching all this uh, us and stuff like that as well. Yeah. I can just assume it's there somewhere. Talk about was timing it? as well, bro. That would have been great timing yeah. <laughs> to hear that. Oh, wow. Did you feel like it was hard because you weren't delegating as much? Like it was just you doing the whole thing? Yeah, it was a lot of that. And then I always knew it sounds bad, but and everyone says this, but people can't do as good a job as, you know, the person that's in charge. Which like Especially at Nando's, the quality of people are lower. So I would say at every single job, I was always better than everybody. But then I had to think of how to build very intelligent systems so that the system would make up for their lack of knowledge or hard work. Like as an example, like something very simple was I bought an exact amount of plates where those plates would be stacked up in the back kitchen and I calculate if they had ever go down by half, which was the level to the size of the bench, I'll tell everybody that means we act, there's going to be too many dirty plates outside if they're not in the dishwasher and we're going to run out. So then it, like everything, like they become these little systems and then you're like, oh shit, plates down 50%, back kitchen now no, need, knows to signal to front of house, dude, there's going to be plates out there. So it's like little things like this. Um, and then, yeah, like you can make the system on the back end and it's like, people always think about systems in technology companies and all this stuff, but they never think about it in restaurants. McDonald's is the most perfect example of that. Yeah. So they, yeah, they themselves have created like, like the most perfect system to get rid of competency. Like they can hire anyone and everyone because it doesn't take a special person to be able to work there. Yeah. From the routes they take 
as in like in the kitchen from where things are. Everything is it's almost built for a robot, mm. which probably is built for a robot. And if, if you think about it as well, like everybody's mindset is, oh, like I remember my, my sister was saying, oh, but my, my uh, boyfriend, he's, don't make fun of him because he's working at a factory. He's working at fast food and he's doing DoorDash at the same time. What a specie. Right? I don't know. Yeah, like, ripper. That's, that's really good. You're getting three sets of experience and extra money and doing more than 38 hours a week. Yeah. Don't make fun but of him. All of his mates make fun of him. Because yeah. he's slaving away, he doesn't have time. A lot of the time, he's oh, and they just put him in a box. You're the factory guy. Yeah, well, you he's got, you got no skills. You're so low level. His mates are fucking degenerates. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so important, like, to have this mindset, and it's so great when you think start thinking yourself as an asset. Then that gives you the ability to like think about like safety. Like a lot of the times when Nando was getting really busy during the summer, mm. sales are starting to naturally go up. Then as it starts to go down, so we would hire extra people for that time. Then when sales start to go down, you start to look, all right, we've got 20% extra people than we need, 20% extra hours. We need to chop 20% off the roster. Who gets chopped? The people that suck get chopped. People think in their mind that, oh, they're just going to chop 20% from everybody. Mate, you don't work like that. All the top boys at the top, the best in the business always consolidate all the hours every time. Yeah. It's less of a risk for a business. Like if you just take 20% off everyone, then like what the bottom is still getting hours. Like what's the point? I want the most efficient working all of the time. Cause it's very, and everything important. gets done better. It's very important to think as the business owner, what does the business owner or the manager actually want? They want maximum productivity, maximum value. I saw so many people that were decent. I'll call them B class. And then they'll be working 38 hours and they would want an extra 10 hours. I'm like, I'll give it to you no matter what. But you've got to make sure that 10 hours doesn't suck where a lot of them will just get tired and they'll get lazy. I'm like, why would I give it to you? Like we can just find someone else that's only working 10 hours that needs another 10 and they can be more productive than that person. People always just think like, oh, because I'm a guy that's doing 38, I deserve more. Mm. It's just about per hour the value you add. All the yeah. time. Yeah. That's Ripper. No, not a once-off type <laughs> of thing. There's a lot of nuances to that, which is, I guess, frustrating, but frustratingly difficult to explain. But, yeah, I think the, the basic overall picture is, like, try to become as good as you possibly can because then it's less risk to the business to have you working all the time and you get to develop into, I mean, the best version of yourself at any time. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's just overall good. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think we, yeah, we've, we've explained it very well, like why it's important and all of this and all the nuances of it. I will start moving into like how to actually do it, like other things to actually do. But to like wrap it up, here's like a story. Like this is a little bit of the insight of like how seriously we used to take Nando's. So this is what we all used to do. During when it started to get quiet, right? After like 2 p.m., you've done the lunch rush. starts to get quiet. When it gets quiet, sometimes you only have one person working on the shift. Maybe two people working on the shift. So as an example, this is what will happen. 2 o'clock, everything's done within the store. Everything's prepped up, ready to go. The chickens are cooking for nighttime. All the salads are re-prepped, all of that stuff. You're clean. You've cleaned all the tables. Everything's done. Then you go outside. It's not on the job description. 
we're out there cutting hedges. <laughs> all right. We're cutting the hedges. We're doing the maintenance. We're oh, cleaning man. up the weeds. And like every time, no joke, like I was always behind the hedge, right? <laughs> giving her a trim. Then I would hear a car rock up. Oh, I'll see you as a regular customer. I'll, I'll greet him, like pop my head out. <laughs> like around. scare the shit out of him, by the way. <laughs> like, and I'll be like, oh, hey, George, how you going? Um, good to see you that's again. An actual customer, by the way. Right? <laughs> and good old George, you'll be walking around. Then I'll quickly, as he's walking around to the front, I'll quickly drop the garden tools, run around the back, quickly scrub my hands, follow all the sanitization rules. And then I'll be already at the counter ready to serve him. Like, oh yeah, you need a quarter chicken, lemon and herb, regular Perry chips and a large Fanta. Is there anything else you want for today? He's like, nah. All right. Taps his card. Then the rules from Nando's head office is you've got to cook within seven minutes. All right. If it's busy up to 10 minutes, mate, four minutes flat. The chicken's already on the stove by the time it gets served. <laughs> I think the real question is, Dylan, are you a robot? <laughs> That's all we had to do, right? And That's then, some AI shit, bro. <laughs> four minutes, he's already got his food and he's just, he's getting shocked at this stage, right? And then you can see, you, can, you go outside, start cutting the hedge, look at the time, all right, it's about five minutes. This guy roughly finishes at the six minute mark. Go check up on him. All right, he is finished. Clean up his thing. Hey, would you like a little free water? Serve the water for him. Um, Cause we used to do like bottled water in the fridge for our regular customers. Right. And then clean up all of his plates. And then as he's walking out back on the hedge, already beat him outside. And then he's looking like, is there, is there multiple clones of his guys? <laughs> yeah. Is there twins? Dude, George, you would have been walking out like. <laughs> <laughs> we just used to mind fuck everybody. <laughs> I like the amount of value. So if you think about that while he's getting his dad. <laughs> What's happening? Curious George. <laughs> <laughs> Checking if there's like leaves in his burger. <laughs> it oh. actually something like that happened one time. Oh, where not like leaves, but like they're like, oh, did that guy wash his hands? I'm like, fuck, of course I wash my hands. You think I'm gonna run back inside? You think I've got the a mentality to stop what I'm doing, run back inside, serve you and not wash my hands? <laughs> like I just sprinted here. I'm trying to add you value, you fuck. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> But like, yeah, like this, the, the funny thing with Nando is like, you got to do that. You got to do pest control one day. Gee, like I actually <laughs> forgot, right? I forgot to do the maintenance on the back, like patio thing where it's got like the pergola and you got to clean that thing because spiders come out and they make a lot of spider webs. <laughs> I forgot about it for a few months and that was my bad. That was my one thing. I'm like, oh shit. I honestly was scared. <laughs> So I gave it to Gigi. <laughs> started spraying these things, right? No joke. These fuck, these big huntsmen started popping down. They were literally like the drop bear meme. Bro, like, do you remember this? Started dropping on Gigi. Uh, yeah, no, Dude, you could have died. Dylan, hi- Dylan hired me. Like, after, like I wasn't even working. He literally called me. He's like, "Oh, you gotta come in for a couple hours." <laughs> I came in in like casual clothes, like not even work uniform. <laughs> I oh, was yeah, like G, G, I need a meat shield, G. I need you to come in for a few hours. <laughs> Dude, that was dangerous, man. Looking back, you could have died, G. Uh, I didn't, though. Poisonous. I didn't, though. Yeah, we had to do stuff like that. Even like the toilets, they'll break down. You have to jump on YouTube. How does the system thing work? Won't find out as little. So rubber. normally, when this type of shit happens, people would like tell head office, and then head office would have to pay for someone to come in, right? Yeah, 
skill. But then you guys yeah. decided to just do it yourself. I would do everything ourselves. Yeah. Do Doesn't matter if it's on. I remember I had to like clean the gutters and shit of the fucking. Jay, don't talk about it. Jay, I don't know what you're talking unfortunately, about. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that bit got cut out. <laughs> okay, so don't worry about it. Just move on. It doesn't exist. And like oh, yeah, behind the fridges record. and everything. <laughs> yeah, you you want to like especially if if it's not in your job role, you want to take it on. Yeah, unless it's dangerous. Sometimes we would do a little bit of the dangerous things. Like one day, Doc was climbing up the Nando sign like a coconut tree. Doc. <laughs> 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 Dude, this thing's 20 meters high. She's 20 meters tall, Paul. Dude, I'm fucking listening. A few of us, like insiders, this, don't take this advice. This is the most stupid advice ever. Yeah, don't. But a few of us that were like insiders, like me, Doc, and G, we would do the dangerous shit. So Doc was always climbing the coconut trees. This is not advice. <laughs> do not do this. Dude, sometimes I'd rock up to work and then I hear a fucking, oi, G. And then I'm like, who the fuck said that? And he's like, oi, G. Who said that? Up here, mate. <laughs> oh, Doc. How are you, mate? He's like, oh, mate. Dude, they're so lucky we didn't work at KFC because we'll be hiding in that KFC bucket giving them detail clean. Oh, mate. Dude, you know what would be funny? I if you were like on that sign it. and then you're like, hey, G. And then G's like, hey, what's up? Oh, hey, dog. <laughs> and then you just drop a spider on him. <laughs> oh, you left this one, G. <laughs> and G turns into like Spider-Man. <laughs> the amount of shit we used to do. We did all the, gar- we did all the gardens there. <laughs> we did the gardens. Doc used to rock up with a trailer. Like, this is actually not a joke. <laughs> We rocked up with a trailer and a trailer of mulch. Mulch the whole thing. God. Like we fucking landscaped out. We actually built a garden bed. We built a garden bed. Do we work there for seven bucks? Oh, shit. <laughs> Dude. One day. Right. Then one day the boss is like, wow, you've done a good job with this garden. I'm going to invest a little bit more money into it. Right. So they bought all these brand new plants to put in our oh, new this garden. This is actually upsetting. Right. And then... The boss was going to check on it because they wanted to, they love plants and they sometimes they like to water water it themselves because they just like plants even though it's not profitable they just like to do that shit. So they were coming back next week on like Monday. The day before, I saw on the CCTV someone had rocked up with a different trailer and <laughs> stolen all of them <laughs> at night. <laughs> we worked out how to put all the fucking plants in and shit, and someone just nicked them all. <laughs> How'd you get around it? <laughs> so what I did, they didn't take, there's like three other plants, but around the corner. But it's like 20 meters of plants that were yeah. taken. So it was like one plant every two meters. So the three that weren't taken, I cut them off at the stems, like at the branches, <laughs> and I replanted <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Dude, Boss you- comes, I was like, did they shrink? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking to me. I don't know what you're talking to <laughs> So we just had these little twigs as plants. <laughs> it's literally just like you got a bamboo stick shoved it in the ground. It's like, ma, it's the same, it's the same flower. The bush. O- did you ever tell the owner? Nah. <laughs> well, he knows now. <laughs> it's the same fluffy bush. Yeah. Well, you got to be creative, man. Yeah, well, what's the story there? Like, what are you, you going to say? Yeah. He's going to be like, yeah, all your shit got stolen. <laughs> nah. <laughs> like, that's not a, that's not something, that's not what someone wants to hear. Even if it was the morning of they got there. Mm. They want to hit see the problem fixed. Yeah. I think a good uh, a, a good lesson from that is like you, you saw the business as your own. Yeah, 
and like instead of like not coming up with a solution you would find a solution yeah, anyway find, yeah like imagine being the owner of what however many nandos is and then getting a call that oh, all these plants got stolen no i don't give a fuck yeah it's like what's Get the solution more plants yeah bro like, yeah. what do you want from me yeah like it is there's a lot of things that i'd say a lot of managers would call i guess the higher ups for that they just don't need to know nor do they want to know they want a version of themselves managing the restaurant someone who will deal with things solve problems mm. all of that kind of stuff lead from the front etc so that kind of leads into the how um that was one of the points that we had here um it's like take more responsibility work it's like it's your own business yeah you have to now you have to work like it's your own business because when you do decide to eventually open up your own business you know what it takes you actually have a data points to prove to yourself that you can actually be successful with this thing mm-hmm. if you're just a random staff member and then you think you can open up your own business because i don't like the work you know load at the standard job and i want to do my own thing be my own boss and be a boss bitch that that's what olivia used to always say they don't have the reality in their heads <laughs> you know that's what they always say you know like one, talking about olivia like one thing right if you think about a normal restaurant or a normal fast food it's quite frequent and the customer doesn't even know this they're out of they're out of sprite or they're out of a coke zero glass bottle people don't know you don't even have that but you still have another 20 varieties we used to be so good at ordering in all the drinks that a drink would never run out right and then one time, I accidentally messed up not ordering enough like peach iced teas. And that was our most popular drink. I'm like, oh, they can drink others, but because we have a high standard, let's make sure we've got peach iced tea. We still had another two flavors. I was already sorting it out. Olivia had found out that I ran out of peach iced teas. She finally oh, found wow. a flaw in me. She calls up the boss. Oh, Dylan's ran out of peach iced teas. She doesn't know the exact... I'm like, like I was telling her, it's not a big deal. I'll sort it out. It's easy. You can just take it from a different store. Or I just went straight into Colsey. Just always take it. Yeah, so like you would swap stock. Mm. But what what I did is I just typed on Colsey. Mate, she's 50% off this weekend only. <laughs> <laughs> she's literally cheaper than the supplier. <laughs> so I made a profit. I swear to you, the amount of times that you would fix a solution and it would work out to be your positive is fucked. The amount of times you're like, Ma, I just fixed all the shit. Don't worry about it. And this will save you money. <laughs> you're like, great work, dude. Great work. Like, Sounds like Olivia was a bit of a gossiper. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Big gossiper. That's what you don't want to be. Yeah. You don't want to build your reputation up as a gossiper. You know, like no one wants to be around that energy. And then you can't trust them with anything. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah, we've got this. When you solve this problem this week, this problem this week, this problem this week. Like they're going to get solved, but it's like, I don't want your help. <laughs> yeah. You know, so then you, if you're a gospel, you don't get any more responsibility. You can't move up the chain. You can't do anything because you're just not, like, you're not good to have around. Like, you're not helpful. Yeah. You're not adding value. You're just Ben and Olivia. Just, yeah. just shit. And like, Olivia like, was like, her whole purpose was to just find that little flaw in you. Oh, man. It's the worst. That's what she was coming into work mm. for. It's that thing of, like, it relates to, like, the idea of business. It's like, instead of, building the bigger tower she's trying to tear your tower down to then take over yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like no just build yourself up and you'll have a better chance like can you compete no, obviously not but you have a better chance of being the best of you which is more important than taking over from someone else what what happened after she told your manager that you know you're uh, running out of peach i 
pitch. Yeah, then the boss boss would be, you know, a little bit like the boss was weird because not weird, but it's actually good. Well, the boss was had high standards too, so she would put pressure on you, like, "Well, how come you're doing this?" But it's like a trick. Mm. It's a trick to see if you're worthy to be a manager or not. Like the first day that I came, like the first week I was as a manager, she would do that to me. Like she would come in and say, "How come you're not you're not picking up the phone within?" 15 seconds and all this stuff even though it's, i felt like it was on 15 seconds she's just throwing out these things to just have attacks at you to see if you're worthy to handle the pressure because she knows it's pretty cutthroat working in fast food um so you gotta give credit to that yeah. because she brought out the best in you yeah for sure like she knew like mm. what it what it takes to run a, a proper hospitality yeah. business and most other managers would complain saying oh she's like this or they they, you know they're they're so fussy about these things but they don't know she doesn't actually care it's a bigger game at play just so she knows later down the line when she's building out a proper leadership team and business development management goes she knows oh that guy he could handle the pressure or that Mm. girl i'm going to put them into the position their pay will go up straight to six figures you know and then you got to build your shit out. Like you got to build your reputation, all of that, well in advance before the opportunity arises. So I think it also gets to a point specifically with you where, if other people complained about you to someone, like your reputation was so good, where it was like, well, I'm going to ask them the question previous. Like, if your reputation is good enough, you always get benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So the call is it, it, like the problem is simple as like, say, the owner would call and be like, hey just heard this what the hell's going on oh okay how do you how do you know and i'm solving it like this this isn't this oh, okay bye yeah done easy would yeah. you say dealing with the gossipers was something probably like one of the hardest parts of oh, the job it's, it's very hard but <coughs> the biggest thing that i like the trick that i did at nando's was we had a detail cleaning sheet so that was like one of the prerequisites like you really needed to do your own working and clean out your station that you're working on and if you didn't you know, like it's, it's really bad because you're leaving that for the next person to come on the shift. You're putting them on the back foot. So people were, were supposed to tick off if they had cleaned it. Mm. But then if people are ticking it off, no one has skin in the game because you don't know who ticked it off. Even though you can kind of relate who worked on that bench, but it's hard because you got to check the cameras and all this stuff and it becomes a hassle. So I just wrote from now, like I just made it a thing. From now on, we actually need to sign our name there. And then you can see, I'm like, all right, the gossiper never signs a name. Mm. So at the end of... The quarterly reviews because we do that for all the staff as well but man this is how many you're supposed to do this is how many you actually did all right so i had actual evidence there and then it talks about in law of power like i would always give everybody the benefit of the doubt but then if someone's always attacking me man she's war she's war and you don't even know it's war so straight away i would find ways to make her life harder you know, reduce her hours and all this until she would eventually give up and she would leave. And then she would gossip saying, oh, I'm quitting. Dude, you don't know. I made you quit. That's the reality. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think don't know what's happening. Good morals and good values win out in the end anyway. So it's like if you just hold yourself to a certain standard, uh, like as being a decent human being, that person's obviously going to get caught out in the end mm-hmm. of talking shit that they just had no idea what the hell was going on. And once that person in many enough people's eyes is not trusted, the gossip becomes, <laughs> gee, what this stupid bitch said. And that's easy. Yeah. We've got a really good point on here, which is never outshine your master. Um, do you want to talk about that one, Dill? Yeah, I think um, 
this this relates to like so imagine you have like a, a boss or something and you have to deliver information or you have to have open lines of communication with that person you never want to like especially if you don't have a strong relationship with that person you definitely don't want to show how they're wrong even though you have good intentions you're trying to show and improve the business but you need to gain your reputation first and that relationship first not outshine them at the beginning then once you've built that, then you can say, oh, here's a suggestion. I think we should change this around. I think we should change that around. But if you're constantly making the boss look worse than you, it hurts their ego so much that now they may feel potentially threatened or just because they've hurt, you've hurt their ego, you've attacked them. So now they actually want to attack you back in return and push you down. Mm. So a lot of people struggle with this all the time, um, especially younger people that don't have much emotional intelligence. Um, you know, they're, they're always trying to like, this is how the boss is wrong. This is how the boss is wrong. This is how the boss is wrong. It's better to be a, a yes man at the beginning. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. I'll do it your way. I'll do it your way. I'll do it your way. And especially at the beginning, if you've just moved into that role, sometimes you honestly think your way is better. But because you have a lack of knowledge and a lack of experience, mm -hmm. you're actually wrong. So now you're talking as if you're right compared to the boss. But the boss can just see straight through that whole entire thing. You're like, I can see what you think. I can see what you're thinking. I can see, but you're completely wrong. But because you went to attack your boss, now they can't be bothered working it out with you and explaining it to you. Yeah. Like the, the boss obviously has more experience on the job than you do, which mm. is why that person is the boss. So if you come up with a solution that you think is right, like to what you're saying, Dylan, you're most likely wrong because maybe the boss already thought of that and then it didn't work. Yeah. So like the boss obviously doesn't implement that solution because it doesn't work. Yeah. So what the boss has on you is experience hmm. and reputation. Yeah. So you've got to you've got to play to your boss and then eventually as you build your reputation and experience, then you can move on and your boss will have more respect for you um, and then will actually start listening to your solutions yeah. more. But you never want to like at the start, you never want to make your boss look bad because your yeah. boss, has, at the end of the day, your boss gave you the job. Oh, yeah. They provide so much more value to you. And you, I think you got to think about like, what is your actually, what is your goal? Like, um, like imagine you went to a new office and your new workplace and you got to think like, what is my actual goal? Then based on that goal, you've now created a game. You know, imagine your goal is I want to progress to the top as fast as possible so I can make the most money, I can make the most sales or whatever happens to be. It's better to align yourself with the boss, help the boss as much as possible because they will give you practically the green light, the fast way to the top. If you come in there showing the boss they're wrong, the boss is like, mate, you come into my own business. You know, trying to teach me how to do this thing. I've been in the industry for 20 years and you could be right. But the thing is, like, it just hurts the ego too much. You've got to really know who you're talking to. Someone that's very humble, you can do it and they'll listen. But you've got to understand the way life works is 99% of people or a very large portion of them, they, they haven't done that inner work to be able to just listen and absorb. Yeah. And even if you're really humble as well, you know, getting told you're wrong and you have the position of power, it just feels weird. Mm. When I was at a different working place there was a way i didn't outshine my, my um like my last or the boss to be able to build on two different types of relationships one was with the boss as we we're talking there in 
and the other was with the people I was immediately surrounding myself with. So the situation is he was fairly new to the business, um, came from a different place entirely. So didn't have the immediate experience, but did with the financial side of things, right? Now with the operations, he didn't really understand that specific part. That's just the way it went down. So with the operations, he, he as a human being, he wanted to obviously, you know, do his best to get in the best light with his higher ups, right? Because everyone has a manager all the time. And he was a guy who wanted to, I get like doing that, you have to take credit for a lot of things. Um, whether or not he was doing the work, it doesn't matter. So the way I used to kind of try to, well, the way I did play it was regardless of what it was, you would do the work, we would do the work, then send it off to him and he would send it off. It was his own work, right? He would get the credit, but then as claiming it as his own, with the people are surrounding me immediately, that didn't look good for him because he would take the credit for the work. So I then gained respect and reputation for the people who I needed the most help from at that time because I was working in a, an environment where they were the specific people who were actually doing the work. I need them to be the best. So I had to gain reputation with them and they would help me the most. They, I gained reputation with them. And then I gained reputation with him because I didn't take credit for the work that he needed to take credit for with his higher-up bosses. Yeah. So I had on both sides, I had the best people in both situations being taken care of, which means I could very easily just, I, you know, kind of identify where the problems were, a control situation, which way I wanted. Yeah. Which, That's good. You've got to be a bigger man. It's pretty easy. It it's gave like you easier. the power. Huh? It gave you the power. Yeah. To, like, it helps. When you have that type of control, you can solve situations better. And it's not about, say, me looking good. It's about getting the work done as quick as possible in the best way possible. And in a role, what I was doing, it's incredibly difficult to do it solely by yourself. You, you need other people. You need help. You need all these different things. Um, whether it's financial help from up top, I need you know him to be okay with me spending this money. And whether it's like actual operational help from the people who I work closest with, I needed both of them to understand that what I said go went and that was all good. And it worked out in a way that both people trust me with that. So I could just make decisions. We just get done quickly yeah, and it'll work easier. So that's another way to maybe not outshine your master for a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the story, uh, the moral of the story is there. Don't outshine your master, but it's actually good to outshine your peers. You have to outshine your peers. Yeah. Cause you have to be seen as like amongst your peers, you've got to be the boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to be the leader. Cause if you want to be great, you naturally need to be the leader because um, if you can take charge of this and you deserve to be the leader, then it's like what Steve Jobs says, how, how A-class people love to hang around other A-class people. So if you have the ability to train up those people to turn them into A-class, then all of a sudden your job becomes way easier, becomes more fun, and you actually want to rock up to work because you're just cruising now. Everything's solved. You know, like I've worked with people who are incredibly loud as well. Like they have to be the loudest in the room. They have to be always voicing their opinion. One thing I learned, you have to be like correct the most amount of times in people's eyes. Yeah. Like who is correct more often? And then that way, even if they're speaking louder, even if they try and take control, they're just trying to kind of force their opinion on whatever is going on. If you're correct a majority of the time, you're going to sway the vote because everything is sales and people always depend on like when they're making decisions, they want to look at previous history. So if they're looking at your previous history of being correct or this guy's just talking out of his ass, like what, who are they going to go with? More often than not, it's going to be this person, yeah. um, as in me. So and that's the reputation that you build over time. Yeah, yeah, and like in the last, like, yeah, I knew I was leaving. If that makes sense, 
where I was working. So it wasn't so important for me to like try and progress. So it was a very unique situation. I think for a majority of times, people were trying to progress and get up the, ro- the ranks as quick as possible. I mean, I was, I was sweet where I was because I knew exactly what I was doing. It wasn't high stress anymore. So it was like, how can I, again, just make this, I guess, as easy as possible, still learn what I can and then also help other people out to promote them and stuff like that because I wanted to leave some sort of like thing as like, oh, he set that up. So I built systems like he did that, he did that. That's from Daniel, that's from Daniel. Oh, who's this Daniel guy? Yeah, so you set up like a little legacy then yeah. that will build your reputation for the long term. Yeah. And they'll bring in more success in the long term for yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a little bit more of a, I think it still makes sense though. Yeah. What are some of the easier ones? I guess like those are pretty nuanced and complex. Like what's a basic one that um, I guess you started with? Like one of the first ones you told me was to like turn up early. Oh yeah, in terms of- In terms uh, yeah, of like yeah, how yeah. to do it. So yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you got to show up early, man. You're going to shop early and you're going to be punctual. You always got to be there. And especially if you want to climb the ranks, shut up real early. Like showing up one hour early, that's nothing. And getting and doing the work better than everybody else for free. You'll get noticed straight away. And then stay back. Like um, stay back and do the work for free as well. Like people take notice of that stuff. And then in this kind of environment where everybody's soft, it's like, oh, but why would you work for nothing? You deserve more and all this stuff. Well, sometimes you got to sacrifice a little bit to go further ahead. So show up early, leave early. Specifically with Nando's, like there was a shift that was like 12 o'clock to 5 p.m. I never really liked it because lunchtime normally gets busy at 11.45. So I started to make the, the roster difference where like you rock up at 11.30. Some people rock up at 11.30 to get ready for that 12 uh, 11.45 rush. Because the rush never starts right at 12. And then sometimes at 5 o'clock, it gets busy again for dinner. So sometimes it's good to just stay back and help them out. And then all your teammates, like Doc was saying, at his workplace, you're building that reputation because you're making it easier for everyone. So you want to set everybody up for success. So I think mm-hmm. that's a nice, simple example. Yeah, I, I learned um, in my late teens to rock, rocking up early was a really mm. beneficial thing. Yeah, Beneficial for your mindset as well. Like mm. So if you're rocking up late to you uh, to work, you you're so stressed out from the oh, start yeah. of the shift. You just hurt yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. But when you rock up early, like you can kind of see how everything's going, and it's yeah. it, it gives you so much peace of mind. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Um, realizing some of these things, like especially from the Nando's era, I wasn't the best at. So it's good to be able to look back and then exactly what G was saying. The example there is like, what would you do when you look back? And I've learned a lot of these things previously by looking, no, sorry, I've learned a lot of these things post-working there by looking back on, I guess, what I didn't do there after learning them. Yeah. And it's like, even if you're in the position now where you've left a certain job, like what would you do? Go back there, kind of think through it. And then your new job, use some of those skills and bring them forward into this one. Yeah. That's it. I think uh, in terms of uh, communication, so something that the bosses are always craving is for someone to literally put their hand up and say, hey, I actually want to achieve some things here. I want to yeah. do whatever it takes. How can I? How can you help me make that a reality? Because obviously that'll be beneficial for yourself, you know, like for the boss. You don't need to say that part. They already get it. They are craving for someone to actually take responsibility and say that to them so they can dedicate and invest some energy into them. 
So like that was like the biggest thing because you're always like everyone like the low level people always like, oh mate like, the, this workplace needs me so bad. If I leave this Nando's, it's screwed. But at the exact same time, you're getting in such a surplus of resumes every single day that literally gets just get chucked in the bin because there's too many of them. You don't even need to hire, so you just chuck it straight away in the bin. And those people can be replaced easily. What's hard is finding leaders, yeah, managers. That's the hard part. So everybody's waiting for someone to put their hand up. Mm. People willing. Mm. I think this also relates back to Doc's story where he was an effective communicator with his boss, but also his peers. And you were able to be that middle person that's able to facilitate all these changes that need to be made. Yeah, like You know what changes need to be made, but you need to get all the... It's like having a team right? Mm. Your team has to communicate and flow with each other or else you're not going to win, yeah. right? That was, yeah, that was a major thing in that example and the people I used to manage and lead as well. It's like, dude, if you don't communicate with these guys, the job itself is already stressful. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit different than what we're talking about, I should say, but just as a leader, like you need to be able to also communicate, just communicate across the entire thing. When you're starting out, um, would you always say it's important to um, like pick out which managers you want to try and build reputation with. Oh yeah, yeah. It's some Game of Thrones shit, man. Yeah, I've noticed <laughs> absolutely. Uh, what'd you say? It's some Game of Thrones Game shit. Because I noticed um, so with my workplace, my current workplace, so the hierarchy is you got your coordinator who runs the houses, and then you got the team leader who's the team leader of the specific house, and then under the team leader you got the employees. The team leader that I had with one of my previous houses was um it was a shocker mm. it was so bad he i'd noticed like from the get-go that he was like delegating shit and then he wasn't even doing anything himself mm. it was literally like putting his feet up on the table like bare feet as well on the table and we're just fucking watching tv all day right what so, the fuck wow, that's in someone else's home right uh, so like our disability care home, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so we, we we got the employees that work at the house. Yeah, and then the team leader comes in and he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm a team leader. I was, I was just do this, do oh, that." Yeah, and then he just sits and does nothing. My advice would be wipe that guy out with the amount of work that you do, and make sure that their boss knows who you are, and you will take their job within six months. Take their job, son. Mm. Easily, you can wipe. Like that person's either gonna they're gonna go two three two things. A, they're gonna try and ruin you to they're higher up they're just gonna like destroy your reputation by this this and this or they're gonna actually have to put their foot down and do some work and in either situation you your consistency will beat them how old is this person i think mid 30s yeah, this is what happens when you don't work your ass off in your 20s <laughs> you become that person Murk and going back to like jordan peterson's video you don't want to be the single guy yeah in your 40s at, at a bar <laughs> right yeah but yeah now now we don't have the team leader anymore so it's okay now yeah now we can just communicate straight to the coordinator yeah see like i was just a middleman for no reason literally yeah no reason but, but it's just it um, when you come in for the first time when you're watching that like well i feel like when you go into a job for the first time you don't want to try and impress everyone it's just a waste of your energy because that guy if i try to impress him he's not, it's not, it's oh, not gonna yeah, do anything yeah. for me yeah, gotta yeah. pick your battles for sure. Yeah, I reckon you should impress with your actions. Yeah, not just words. It's easy to say, "Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this." Like during you know job in, job interviews, you know you can easily just make shit up. Mm -hmm. But 
are you going to actually perform like with your actions? And then I think if you're just doing your actions and just crushing every single day, you're going to get noticed. Yeah, t- talking about that, like I noticed that as well when I was doing a lot of the interviews, everybody would talk shit in it, you mm. know, saying how much better they are. So my filter that I made for like the system was, I'll say, all right, if you trust me, you don't want to work at this Nando's because we do things differently here. So I'd, That's rip. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it like that. Because um, as an example, these are the things we do. The workload will be triple compared to any other Nando's and the pay is going to be the same. Your first day on the job, we're cleaning toilets and you're going to be cleaning toilets for a very long time. Are you really willing to do this? All right. And then it would happen, maybe even even 50% of the time, people would just go along with it. Then first day, they actually get a shock. We're cleaning the toilets. You know, so they thought not, it was like a joke or something? Yeah, they might have thought it was a joke. And then you can see, like, but the good thing is when you hire someone, because it's actually really hard to fire them in that type of thing. I don't know the exact rules, the laws, but it's actually hard to fire someone. I think back then the rule was you have to, fi- you have to give them three warnings on the same mistake before you can legally fire someone. On the same, you know how hard that is? After mm. a three-month trial, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, you have a three-month trial. So you but can't fire them in the three months. After after the three months. Yeah, yeah. But within the three months, you can. That's why really? we would yeah. pressure the gills out of someone, see yeah. how they are. Shit. So I would always utilize that. I'll give people three months the benefit of the doubt. But if I wasn't happy after two months and three weeks, on the last week, you're getting fired. Because, you know, you, you said you're going to do something in the interview. You didn't back it up. And I'll communicate with them all the time. I said, you know, I'll sit them down. told, hey, you're, you're messing up here, here, and here. You need to fix it. Um, please remember, you can always come to me for help if you, you want to. But if some people didn't have the attitude, you just need to fire them. Mm. But, like, that was like a little filter to get rid of the scorches. I was going to say about communication, just sorry, ever so quickly. Um, as a person who is working hard, your boss does literally want to hear when you don't know the answer. Like, yeah. if you don't know something, ask the question. That's maturity. Like, it is not a, like a failure on your part to not know an answer. Like, if you don't know this thing, that thing, just go to the, hey, what the, like, what am I doing? Help me, please. I'm sorry. Yeah, just be direct. Just ask the question. And then they go, oh, shit. All right. Here's this, yeah. this, and this. And more often than not, if they're a good leader, they go, I apologize. I didn't recognize you didn't understand that. Hmm. And then, then you have great communication between both parties and that's how you excel pretty quickly. And in that scenario as well, it's like you got to know who you're talking to because if the person you're talking to has the knowledge and can see straight through you, it's better to not try and bullshit your way out of it because mm-hmm. they can see it. It's, and then, you know, it's better just say, fuck, I actually don't know how to do this. You're like, far out. Finally, someone admitted it so I can actually help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get out of your own way. Yeah. People, managers and leaders, like people like to teach anyway. Even if it's just an ego thing, they like to be in control and saying things. Yeah. Play to that. Mm. Why not? I think another uh, big one is bringing good energy to the workplace. Oh, that's Um, huge. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be that person that rocks up to work, Mm. you know, either late or grumpy. A vampire, man. Yeah. It just sucks the life out of the whole team. Uh, you don't want to be that person. You want to pump the whole team up. Yeah, that's um, it's a very intangible quality to have. Like, it's very hard to value how effective that is in an organization. But speaking of like personal experience, um, I've had I I worked you know long hours, long shifts, um, 
where I was pretty much on the computer the whole time and we were working on rosters where four people would be on and then four people would be off. So it's like a total of eight people in a team. And I was stuck with this person who just had like the most negative, most fear-based uh, view on the world. And he would just bring that to the office every single time I was working. And it was like the most excruciating time <laughs> during my, during my uh, work. Yeah. You don't want to be that person. Oh. Um, and I could like physically see people avoiding that person. You know, it's hard to avoid the person because you're working so closely with them. But people are literally going out of their way to not be around that person. It's crazy as well because it's so sad that they don't have the self-awareness to even see that. Mm. You know, they can't, they don't even notice. They're like the opposite side of a magnet repelling everybody away. They don't even know. Yeah, it goes back to the law of attraction. Yeah. You're just, you're just attracting like the worst energy, <laughs> the worst luck in your life. Yeah. Poor guy was divorced as well. It's like, he just had the oh, worst, worst life. Yeah. I felt sorry for him. But yeah. at the same time, we're working, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's like, keep your personal stuff out of work. This yeah. shit's not ideal as it is. Yeah, it's not. Like fucking, yeah. you know, let's pump, pump each other up for Christ so you can enjoy yeah. something we're doing. A <laughs> uh, thing as well is like, what we used to say at, at Nando's all the time was, you know, you really are trying to find someone that's super proactive, that really takes initiative and does shit. So our saying was, it's kind of actually stolen and I lied to a lot of people about this, but it was like, if you've got time to lean, you've got time to clean. So I stole that from the founder of Ikea, I'm pretty sure. I was distraught when I found out it was stolen. <laughs> I was so... I, Did honestly, you make that up? I had like, I was so proud. I was like, dude, that's the best fucking thing I've ever heard. You are a rapper, bro. Like you need to... That's some Confucius shit. Yeah. Like, dude, <laughs> Aristotle over here. And then guess what? She's a liar and a cheat. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like if you're if you're working at a job, there's always something to do. There actually yeah. is no time to have time off. You gotta true. find find yeah. something to do and be proactive, man. Again, if you don't know the answer, ask the person. They've always got ten things that they want to get done. Yeah. Your boss has like literally a never ending list of things that need to get done. Yeah. Ask them the damn question. Like, all right, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? <laughs> yeah so they'll probably relate to seeking a mentor yeah you know, find someone That's above so you important yeah and, and yeah to g's point as well like you have to find that right person yeah some people are just going to be a waste of time to try and find who you know some people won't be able to teach you or they won't want to teach you all these things but the right person will yeah so there's definitely an element of self-awareness to this one because when you're seeking a mentor you're kind of you're you're trying to emulate someone you're trying to be like someone um you know when you're in a job you might not be in this job for 10 plus years right you might be in this job for like one to two years and then you might move on to something else right so in those one to two years i think you have to have the self-awareness to know what you want to get out of this job mm. and who you can get it out of so that's yeah. why you should seek a mentor and there's a little bit of self-awareness involved there like what do you want to get out of this um and you should never like go into a job just for the sake of money because you're not you're not going to be you're not going to have um, the work ethic you're you're going to be grumpy all the time you're going to not care about showing up on time and you're not going to treat it like it's your own business um, and then you're not going to learn anything from it so yeah there's some self awareness there I think yeah the really important thing for us as well is um, you know especially with even hardcore head start as a startup we could have gone down the route of 
working less at our jobs and all of that stuff and start go harder on the startup. But I feel like this podcast is why we need to work at our jobs because it gives us a true perspective on actually how to build this thing now. So now when we actually build, we can use everything we've spoken about and actually do it. Whereas if we didn't have all this experience, it would lead to more fights, more arguments. You know, we can't take on feedback from each other. We think the workload's too much and all this stuff. We just feel entitled like the Olivia. So. Olivia was a real person, right? <sighs> yes. <laughs> Many people. <laughs> Imagine Many if people. her name was Olivia. <laughs> uh, her name's not Olivia, but there was a lot of Olivias. <laughs> a lot of Olivias. Just need a quick ride hook. Yeah. They made some of those years there like very challenging not for me personally but for him and like vicariously but yeah it's good like i i'm very grateful for them because they made me way smarter exactly it's very like now there's just easy shit easy shit yeah do you have any other points there that we want to talk about boys of how to crush your nine to five i'm, I'm pretty happy with it all I think we yeah. hit every point, yeah. I think the last point we have here is extreme ownership, and we can't stress this enough. This is huge. Um, you have to take extreme ownership of every action you make because you are making those actions. You're an adult, right? So there, you have to take extreme ownership, and once you do that, it's like you're. It's almost like freedom because no one, it's no one else to blame except you. Once you accept that, then you are truly going to be great at your nine to five. Your life's in your hand, own hands, right? Yeah. Put the work in. Mm. And take take on that extra responsibility. Like I, I remember there was a pivotal moment where time slowed down. It was like a spiritual experience for myself where the manager actually asked me, do you want to replace me? And then shit was going off in my head, man. Time slowed the fuck down. I didn't even know till this day how long I took to reply. I'm pretty sure it was only three seconds. It felt like a minute. I don't know if I just went blank and almost fainted for 30 seconds in front of her or something. But everything in my body was telling me, don't do it. But then there's that little voice, that guy that wants to be successful. He's like, you know, you have to do the, the hard thing. Do the hard thing and accept it. Accept the role, boys. You know, I forgot. When I was working and uh, I just realized this now, I was getting paid for, I was working this other, the, the last job. I was getting paid for doing just the admin at this role. And I was op like operation manager and I was doing all the pay cycles and driving at the same time. Like all three of those things, they're all full-time jobs. Like, and I was only getting paid for the thing. And I was like, I, I realized that at that point, like the lessons that I've been like, that are in this podcast and taught, like I didn't think for an extra second about it. I was just like, yep. All right, get it done. This is what we do. I was like, once you embody, embody these things, you realize you're so much more capable than like what you've ever believed. It's like, it's, it's always second nature. It almost is second nature just to do more and be your best all the time. Yeah. Like people like us, what we do is like, we always say it's easy because if you lead into it saying, oh, it's hard, it's too hard and all this stuff, it, 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 it will be hard for you because you have that negative mindset. But if you just keep telling yourself, man, it's easy shit. You just pump it out. Mm. Things end up just working themselves out when it's used easy anyway. They don't. You put the work in, but it just gets done a little bit easier when you think it's easy. Our uh, parents had it hard, not us. <laughs> Every generation, it gets easier, boys. <laughs> I mean, did we talk about ego as well? Like, 
you should try and drop your ego, especially as you're going. Yeah, you you yeah. definitely need a yeah. You I've noticed from some points sure. as well because I feel like I'm probably one of the best better workers at my workplace mm. right now. And sometimes, like the employees that I'm working with, they do say something that's actually right. And I'm like in my head, I'm like, oh, but you're not right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's 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 a big one. Like that's like judgment like especially in like with us with like startups and stuff like whenever you say something you have to make sure you truly believe that it's not your ego fooling yourself mm-hmm. there's always that ego that comes in like no i think this one's better than that one but deep deep down the successful guy in your head because we all have multiple personalities the successful guy's like mate you're only saying that because of ego just agree that one's better and it always happens when someone else has the suggestion and then we've got to know when we have a suggestion, we automatically have a bias to it. So it's really hard to have no ego to truly choose what is the best option? What is the best path for us to take? That's really hard to actually do. Mm. Hmm. I think again, like not just in a startup, but across the board, it's like the consistency will end up winning. It was like who is right more often than they have a higher kind of weighting. Their voice means more that makes sense so what they say yeah i completely agree with that but it's just you, you can get caught up in that like you're especially when you're right. always consistent and then someone else isn't consistent but something yeah. they say can be right yeah like you got to be able to listen to that and yeah. actually take it for it's hard to trust that person who's one right once in a while yeah. right and you're <laughs> like bro fuck but <laughs> are you actually right this time or are you just talking shit again but that's good g like you're thinking about that stuff because that's really like like proper maturity that's what proper people actually do is look at their own internal flaws and fix them every single day because we all have them mm. yeah it's yeah, so important perfect. Mm. Yeah. yeah it's hard to do that but yeah absolutely Good Alrighty, shit, boys. ladies and gentlemen this has been an absolute banger of a podcast what episode is it 24 24 boys we've been doing this for 24 weeks <laughs> yeah. damn all right it's doc's age Oh, yes, it is my age. It's almost half a year, boys. Half a year of podcasting. <laughs> Absolutely. Make sure to please like the video, comment on it, ask us some questions. Uh, the option is always there to DM us as well if you want to know more about anything that we do. Uh, share the video to all your friends. Uh, click the notification bell to know when we upload. Again, thank you very much. Uh, pack her up. Pack her up. Pack her up. Pack her up. Thank you for listening. Go follow the TikTok. <laughs>